episode of the podcast, but we've just finished watching the 21st episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Therefore, as this podcast is officially of legal drinking age, I'm cracking open a cold one. I was gonna try to, like, rhyme to that, but your meter was completely off. Uh, Got um, it. And I don't have any rhymes for cold one. I did have to break the glass of the bottle to open it. Shit. I would crack open a cold one, but I don't have any cold ones. Even though I went to four liquor stores today, I didn't buy any liquor. I did not have a real bottle opener, and now I'm a little worried about glass in the bottle. Uh, If you didn't have a bottle opener, why did you have bottles of alcohol? Well, we bought the bottles first. And Without we... checking to see if you had a can opener. This object is supposed to open bottles. I've never figured out how exactly that's true. You never you never want to hear that. <laughs> Just don't. Uh... Okay, don't drink the possible glass alcohol, okay? I could pour it into a glass and then I'd see... I mean, I guess you could. You know, I can't stop you from doing that live on our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I thought this would go better than it did. Uh, I imagine that we are feeling what the guy who had to write three episodes of the Paradox (laughs) Brothers rhyming with each other felt when he finished. Writing three episodes of the Paradox Brothers rhyming with each other? Yeah. He probably thought that, you know, it didn't go as well as he wanted it to. Probably not. Um, Yeah, we we watched the fucking Paradox Brothers. It wasn't a good set of apps. No, um, kind of mid. Kind of, well, I don't think it was that good. Yeah. I think this was a boring three-episode arc. Yeah, I had fun watching it with you, but mm-hmm. I think if I hadn't been watching it, I probably would have, like, been on my phone. You would have fun watching most things with me, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Like a bad Arthurian uh, fantasy show on Netflix, for example. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, 
We should summarize these before we talk about them more. Okay. Do you want me to do it, so, or do you want to do it? Uh, I think you should do it. Okay. And definitely, just because I respect your summer, your summary ability, and definitely not because I'm already kind of forgetting how they beat the Gate Guardian. When last we left our intrepid heroes, they were trapped in the tunnels. They find, thanks to Bakura's Gadar, they find uh, an arena. Where okay, I forgot that you were a bridge series build. <laughs> where two bald brothers are doing acrobatics. One of them is doing a racist accent. The other one starts doing a racist accent in the third episode a little bit, but not as much as the first one. I do like how the second brother is just yelling all the time. Yeah, that's normal. Um, he he and Kimo basically have the same voice. Yeah, kinda. Um, they challenge the gang to a duo. A duo. Oh, that was bad. I'm regretting this decision now. A two-on-two duel. It's against all the rules, and it doesn't really work, but they do it anyway. There's a grid, and there's a maze. Sometimes the maze changes. The rules are bullshit. Eventually, the the guys summon like a big guy made of three guys, and they chop off the legs, and then Yugi uses brings that legs back on his side for a little bit, but eventually they defeat him by swapping places the dark magician walked all the way out and then swapped places with the big ultra dragon that joey had at the beginning of the maze that couldn't go into the maze and then the dragon killed the gate guardian there was also a liar's paradox that was like fucked up and didn't work but (laughs) yugi pulls some like yugi Yu-Gi Oh season zero bullshit where he's like (laughs) And this little move I did proves, you know, totally defeats you at your own game. And we're just kind of watching it like, does it? Does that stop their actions from being nefarious against you? <laughs> does it? I feel like they can still... I feel like if if we are accepting your premise that they can... That which door you pick doesn't matter because they can always make you get lost in the labyrinth forever because they just control the labyrinth... Uh, you calling them on it doesn't change anything. They can yeah, still I think do you that. have to kill these men. <laughs> um, they can't die because they have to go back to Pegasus for punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this these series of episodes is like I think it's really a part. Like this is basically like. This show is basically just like a series of gimmick duels, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what the first season is. Like, they haven't... They don't really have the confidence to, like, really ground these fights in the rules of the card game. So everything just has, like, a gimmick. But these episodes, I think, are where the gimmick really starts getting away from them. Yeah. You know? Like, just... This thing, as you said, is, like, so... It's so complicated, but it's also dead simple, and the rules don't matter, and it's kind of just like the Paradox Brothers coming up with some bullshit, and then Yugi and Joey come up with some other bullshit. Um, I think the peak of this bullshit is when they summon the the like 
Red Eyes Skull Dragon or whatever by fusing Red Eyes and Summon Skull. And the Paradox Brothers go, oh, 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 there's a secret rule that says you can't fly on our labyrinth field. And Joey goes, oh, no, our our dragon monster can only fly even though he has legs. You are looking. He can't go between the walls. (sighs) Then what stops him from shooting fireballs over the walls just like the gay guardian is already doing? That's my answer. Yeah. (sighs) It's just like a series of incredible contrivances that feel really thin and there's not much to hang your hat on. A series Um, of incredible contrivances is my second favorite children's book series. uh Uh, Yeah, it's just like there's nothing really interesting happening here. There's nothing happening. It's three episodes long. The gimmick is there's a maze, but they just kind of walk through the maze. Also, everyone is like the, the, the two brothers are rhyming all the time and it's bad. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and then and then in the background, Kaiba's like trying to get to Mokuba. Occasionally we cut to Kaiba walking. I I guess Kaiba does karate on some dudes. That's fine. Kinda. I like when his theme song starts up and it goes. I'm excited to use that song in the podcast at some point, but we can't do yeah. that yet. When he just like starts karate chopping dudes unconscious, it's pretty good. This is the episode where Kimo gets like multiple lines and like pulls a trick on Kaiba. <laughs> Kimo's trick. Kino's trick. Oh, I want to call out the scene. <laughs> I want to call out another. Uh, so you may have forgotten this, you, the audience, and possibly Nora. But the guy who's the head of Pegasus' security, security, who's the old guy, <laughs> is named Croquet. Uh-huh. Um, and you just get some, you get a little scene of them interacting where Pegasus just flames his ass. <laughs> <laughs> When he comes in, he's like, Mr. Pegasus, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And Pegasus is like, I hate you so much, Croquet. What do you want? And he's like, oh, Mr. Pegasus, we've seen Kaiba on the island. And Pegasus is like, yes, I know, you fucking moron. Why are you the head of security always the last person to know these things? Uh... I think the probably the best thing that happens in the in this episode is Pegasus just like watching everything on a hidden camera system. He's just watching Yu-Gi-Oh. He's just we are Pegasus. You That's said right. midway through, right? You're like we are Pegasus. <laughs> we are watching everybody on the TV. We have tuned into Dungeon TV, which is just a feed of <laughs> Mokuba being sad in a dungeon. <laughs> I want to subscribe to Dungeon TV. I think there's elves in there sometimes. No, it's just Mokuba being chained. What about clerics? No, Nora, you're thinking of a different kind of dungeon. A cool dungeon. Yeah. Pegasus is is like a dungeon for imprisoning people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We do get a little bit of Kaiba backstory. You know, this is the one where where they start trying to really redeem, you know, kind of like... They start trying to, to, to smooth him out with Mokuba thinking about how much of a good brother he he always was, you know? He would fight kids in the orphanage for Mokuba. He'd teach Mokuba how to play chess. 
apparently multiple times people wanted to adopt Kaiba. Um, and he said, I won't go without my brother. And they were like, okay, then bye. I don't, it feels like you're not allowed to do that to just, if there's two siblings, are you allowed to adopt one and not the other? That feels like it's illegal. I don't know anything about adoption laws in the United States or Japan. That's fair. I'll admit, I'll Neither admit do this. I. But it does seem like a fucked up thing to try to do to a kid. But it also... Also, Mokuba's line is that the parents wanted to adopt him because he was, quote-unquote, a genius. So I think they didn't really care about, like, whether it would be fucked up or not to refuse to adopt his brother. I guess not. Because this is, um... This is Kaiba, right? This is, uh... Um... Gozaboro Kaiba? Gozaboro. Yeah, I think the idea is that, like, it was a bunch of guys like Gozaboro, but Gozaboro was, like, the only one who would actually take Mokuba, too. Yeah. Yeah. All I can think about is Gozaboro's mustache. (laughs) We haven't even seen the men yet. Don't get ahead of yourself. Mm Hmm. We saw him in the season zero. Is that not true? No, did we didn't. Happen? I don't remember things. No, wait, we did, but he only showed up very briefly when Kaiba took over his company, and yes. then he stopped being in the show. That's correct. He owned. I guess farm. that's. I guess that's still canon. Yeah, because he's right? in control now. Yeah. Gozaboro's not going to come back until the he's in a computer. Yeah, the, like, virtual world arc. That's correct. Yeah. The second virtual world arc, I mean. Because there's that weird MMO one that's gonna happen. And then there's gonna be a second one in the middle of Battle City. And that's the one that Gozaboro is in with his, like, secret other son. With the green hair. With the green hair. (laughs) I love love that they changed Kaiba's hair so it wasn't green. And then they introduced, like, a new kid who's Kaiba's brother who has green hair. The MMO one is just like a three episode thing, right? It's not like a whole season. Yeah, no. It's it's they don't play any of the card game really. It's just kind of like a vaguely card game flavored. You oh, know? it's a it's a TV show. <laughs> it's just like a normal TV show with characters in a situation. We're gonna get extremely not a normal TV show at some point. <laughs> it's just gonna be it's just gonna be them playing the card game for multiple four and five part <laughs> episode arcs. I'm just looking ahead at some things, some episode titles, you know, uh-huh. we've, we've got Playing with a Parasite, parts one and two, Mime Control, parts one, two, and three, um, Brothers in Arms, three parts, The Darkness Returns, four parts, Clash in the Coliseum, six parts. <laughs> I like that there's an arc of five episodes called The Final Face-Off in season three, and we have two more seasons after that. Is it the final face-off of season three? No, there's two episodes after it. I mean, are the other episodes a duel? Well, one is called One for the Road. So, shrug? Question mark? Yeah, we have the final face-off, and then you have One for the Road. And then looking back and moving ahead. Yeah. Those do not really sound like episodes where people play the card game. No, I don't think so. Oh, I can't wait for Merger of the Big Five. (laughs) 
I think that's the one where the board guys combine into like the super chaos dragon. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Alright, let's bring it back to these actual episodes. Yeah. Um It was it was fun when they played that card that was called like Ryujin, right? <laughs> Uh, Ryugo? Ryu- Ryu- no, I think it was Ryujin. Oh, what was it? Which episode was that? <sighs> Maybe episode three? But let's just say the card's called Ryujin, right? One of the brothers plays a card and he goes, I played the card, Ryujin! And then Yugi goes, <gasps> Ryujin! And then Joey goes, what's Ryujin? And Yugi just turns and looks at him and goes, Ryujin! It's a very rare and powerful card. Uh, and now you're looking for it. Is it Ryoku? Okay, it was Ryoku. Ryoku. I'm thinking, I guess I I thought of it as Ryujin because uh, all of the Gate Guardian pieces. Yeah. Kazejin, Suijin. Kazejin, Suijin, and... Raijin? Because mm. it's just like Jin and then the Japanese word for their element. Um. Like Sui being the kanji for water, Kaze being the kanji for, win- kanji for wind, and then, so I think Raijin. Because Thunder no. is No, the third one is Sangha of the Thunder. Hmm. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's Sangha That's... of the Thunder. That sounds like they fucked up the translation. <laughs> <sighs> I like when they I like when they kill Suijin, who is acting as the gate guardian's legs, uh-huh. and then he just doesn't have legs for the rest of the episode. Yeah. That's I'll what say happens. this. I'll say this gate guardian's kinda cool. Yeah, it's one of the most iconic ones, I feel like. Yeah. I like his design. I like that he fires a fucking laser out of his face. Out of his tummy face. Yeah. No, and out of his face face. Oh, right. Yeah, his face face. He can fire... I think he can fire lasers out of any of the faces. So thank God he they killed Suijin before he could fire a crotch laser. <laughs> but it would be a water laser crotch laser, just like Metal Gear Ray. That's fun. Um... <laughs> The comic of a gay guardian going, hey guys, you want to see how hard I can pee? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if anyone out there has thought, what if I made fan art of uh, Attention Duelists? If that's you, start there. Yeah, free free idea. Oh, they also summon a worm, uh, Uh which is just the dune worm. It goes munch munch. Goes much much. It makes some disgusting noises. Some little grubble grubble. Yeah, a lot of slithering. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the racist but incredibly ripped monster tamer. Oh yeah, that guy's body's just completely chiseled. That is a stone, just craft. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite bit of just like total made up bullshit this episode? 
Like, if you had to pick one. Hmm. Uh, I guess the Beast Tamer. The Beast Tamer. Because I can't it's normally like control I my bro- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can't normally control my brother's monsters on my turn, but with Beast Tamer, a normal monster with no effect, he shows <laughs> you the monster. It is a normal colored monster, but he can just randomly juice this worm's attack and control it. It's, that's Beast Tamer. That's Beast Tamer. I. So if I just had to choose one that I think is like the most bullshit, I would say it's the whole like, uh, Black Skull Dragon can only fly, but like can't fly on this field, which mm-hmm. is the only field where like monsters' movement even matters. But I also want to do shout out to when one of the brothers just goes, I play Labyrinth Tank and just puts down a, a level 7 fusion monster with no <laughs> tributes and no polymerization, even though his other brother used polymerization earlier in the duel. Okay, using the polymerization to put a monster into the maze wall so that it didn't have to use spaces to move is bullshit. I love when Joey's like, hey, that thing moved too many spaces, and they're like, nah He didn't move on the ground. He moved on the wall, and the wall doesn't have spaces. It literally <laughs> does, because the walls are in segments, and they move around. Uh, it's just, like, pure... The delivery of that line is just, like, pure playground bullshit. But the real bullshit happens after the duel. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the liar's, uh, the liar's paradox. Yeah, um... um I have the episode just, like, summary up. I'm gonna look at it and see if this is gonna reveal what the fuck happened. Okay. Yeah, tell me how the episode summary describes it. Okay, this is from Yugipedia. Yugi and Joey now have ten starships each, however they still must choose one of the brothers' doors, and Yugi does still not still does not trust them either. Trust either of them. He has correctly guessed that the brothers can alter their real life labyrinth, ensuring that whichever door their enemies choose does not lead to freedom. However, Yugi does not mention this realization right away. He holds up two coins, each of which bears an emblem of para or docks. He holds them in his fists, saying he will open one hand and the concealed coin will be the chosen door. He opens a hand and the brothers see the docks mark. They accept his apparent selection of the para door, because that's the one they don't see. They smile and reveal that the docks door was correct all along. At this point, Yugi reveals their secret and he opens his other hand showing the docks coin. The first coin had been marked with one emblem on each side. Because the brothers fell into their own trap, a hand that can tell lies, the friends are free. Mm, It still doesn't really make sense at all. What the fuck are you talking about, Jesse? Because uh, if they can change, because like, okay, it's not like a thing that you need to trick them into, into, you know, like the, the trick of their, of their whole deal is that they can just control how the labyrinth works after you've made your choice. But Yugi doesn't, Yugi figures that out entirely without them like actually giving that away. He just sort of pulls that out of nowhere. Um, and then doesn't, like, actually address that. You know? Yeah, there's nothing stopping them from still just not letting them get out. Mm -hmm. 
I like, yeah, they kind of do this in the, they like, I think they're like Liar's Paradox thing was much better in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, because they kind of, they do this at the beginning of the episode two, when they explain this bit. I love that Joey goes like, hey, I've heard this somewhere before, but I only remember like half of this. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so jo- yeah, Joey tries to do the classic, like, you know, well, it's interesting because Joey doesn't do the classic version of the riddle because the classic version of the riddle is you have two guys guarding gates. It's actually a lot simpler. It's actually a lot like this situation. Yeah. Joey has heard a different version of this riddle where there are two towns, one town where everyone tells the truth and one town where everyone always lies. And a traveler is trying to get to the the truth telling town and has to ask a person for directions, but doesn't know which town the guy's from. Sorry. What were the names of those towns real quick? (laughs) (laughs) I want to say Truthburg and Liarsville. I think it's the other way around. Truth Town and Liasburg. <laughs> I do like the little the little cartoon we get of like a chibi Joey in a traveling outfit. He looks like an a, a RPG character sprite. Yeah. This uh, and then when the when the labyrinth shows up, you made a joke about Joey playing wizardry. <laughs> yes. Just because you have wizardry brain, but it is fun. I Joey Joey's a gamer for sure. He's the one most likely to be like a video gamer um, of the group, but I don't think he would play like RPGs or dungeon crawling. He's definitely like an action gamer kind of guy or a shooter kind of guy, you know? He's. I think he plays beat-em-ups because this is like 20 years ago. Yeah, true. <coughs> Bakura plays, we know, pen and paper. We we know Bakura's a TTRPG guy. Bakura would play wizardry and map the dungeon on paper. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but okay, so Joey tries to like figure this out with the riddle, but then Yugi goes like, hey, look, they told us that one brother tells the they both told us that one brother always tells the truth and the other always lies, which would be impossible for both of them to say if one of them was always lying. Because if one of them was always lying, he couldn't accurately tell us the conditions of the game, which means this whole thing is bullshit, so don't even worry about it, Joey. <laughs> and like that part is like, okay, yeah, you know, that's kinda clever. You know, it has, like, Yugi kind of paying attention to the situation in a way that I know I wasn't. Um, and just kind of interrogating what we take for granted. But then, like, he comes back to the riddle and, quote-unquote, beats them at their own game. Even though yeah. it should just be, like, you know, the whole thing is bullshit. Because his hand can tell lies. I don't understand that phrasing at all. Yeah. His hand can tell lies. I don't know. Not good. I think the only other thing to say is that the Kaiba searching for Mokuba subplot ends with uh, Pegasus, uh, you know, sucking Mokuba's soul out and putting it in the card, and now Kaiba has to duel him. Yeah, that's true. He just straight up kills Mokuba. <laughs> the, the shot of Mokuba just lying face down on the dungeon floor <laughs> shouldn't be funny, but it is really funny. Live from Dungeon TV. <laughs> Live on Dungeon TV. Mokuba fucking dies. <sighs> yeah, Yugi's grandpa's like body 
is in the hospital. So mm-hmm. I assume they're, like, giving him nutrients via IV. Mokuba is just starving to death on the Better floor. Of <laughs> duel fast. Dungeon. It's a rush duel. Uh, I do like uh, Kaiba threatening to beat Pegasus up. And Pegasus going, no, 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 Kaiba boy. It's not that kind of anime. Oh, you have to play <laughs> me in a card game. Even if Kaiba it was, be- I wouldn't be the type to duel you directly with my magic powers. <laughs> Kind of being like, shit, I guess I do have to fight you in a card game. If this was a fighting anime, Pegasus would just have a cane, and then he would, like, summon guys, but he still wouldn't fight. Yeah. He would be the guy from Symphogear that summons guys with a cane. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The all all of Pegasus's guards had to do was just, like, pull out a deck and hold it in front of Kaiba. Be like, ah, nope, nope. No violence, and Kai would be like, damn it, and have to duel each one of those guys. We locked eyes. That means we have to have a Pokemon duel. Yeah, it's these are like literally the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, you can't beat up anybody who challenges you to a duel. <sighs> you can, however, beat somebody up to challenge them to a duel. That's true. <laughs> but once, like, the possibility of playing cards with someone has, like, arisen, <laughs> no more violence is allowed. Unless the duel, unless, of course, the duel, you know, is, like, magical and facilitates natural disasters. Unless it's a violence duel, where violence will happen to you because of the duel. Like a dark energy disc. Like a dark energy disc that sucks out your soul if it touches your (laughs) ankle. (laughs) Okay, do you have anything to say about the Paradox Saga? Not a damn thing. I said it all. All right. Alright. Are we done here? I think we're done here. We're done join, here. Join us next time on Attention Duelists, where we will be watching... Hold on, I got it right here. We will be watching Face Off! Hell yeah! I love Face Off! Face Off. It's gonna I be... Guess, I guess we'll also watch the three episodes called Face Off Parts 1, 2, and 3. Don't sign me up to watch a whole ass movie in addition to the Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes. I'm a busy woman. I am going to ask everybody to send us questions about Face Off and not clarify. God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's going to be that's gonna be Kaiba and Pegasus's duel. Yeah. Oh. Alright. Nora, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora or find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. You can support this show by going to Patreon.com slash Export Audio. Giving money over there will get you a bunch of podcasts. Some of them earlier than the normals who don't pay money for podcasts. In addition, for $5, you get access to Pop Town Funk, a podcast where me and my wife roll random Funko Pops and watch movies usually related to the Funko Pops that we roll. Um, Right now, we're about to watch the TV pilot movie for the Linda Carter Wonder Woman television show from 1975. Who knows what we'll get next time. Man, Pop Town went off the rails fast. (laughs) Well, we got a Wonder Woman Funko, and we're like, fuck, another comic book guy. I don't really want to watch Wonder Woman 84. I hate to tell you this, Nora, but uh-huh. Funko Pops are, like, primarily comic book guys. <sighs> yeah, well. Is this, what, our second one? 
I'm going to start a podcast that's the exact same as Pop Town Funk, but we're doing Nendoroids. Okay. And we're going to see who quits first. I mean, you would just do like six episodes and then you hit something where you're like, well, this isn't seated. I, I don't know what this is and I can't watch it, so. Uh, I think we could, I think we could, I think how, we could do many, this. Hold on. How they only make many? They only make Nendoroids out of like famous anime. Like they don't, they're not going to make. They're not going to make a Nendoroid out of an anime that we can't watch. There's 1,600 figures. Yeah. Ish. Um, yeah, random. If Probably if I Google, like, if I Google, like, Nendoroid 350. Yep, I get it. It'll just send me a Nendoroid. I got Ronka Lee from uh, Macross Frontier. Nendoroid 420. We get uh, Touch Detective. What the fuck is Touch Detective? I don't know. She looks like she got a little mushroom with her. Wait, they made a Nendoroid out of one of the girls from Helltaker? Man, what the fuck? This is Ozawa, Rina, and Namako. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There's an 11 Stranger Things Nendoroid. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think I I think I've signed myself up for more than I've bargained for. <laughs> Nendoroid 69 gets us. Uh girl, I don't know. She has a cross necklace. Nora, you want to see a fucking woman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh here, I'm going to put it in the channel. Check this lady out. Oh yeah, I've seen this woman before. I sent Nora. I sent Nora Lucifer from Helltaker. Give me any number. Uh, uh, two hundred seventy. We got. Uh oh oh oh, the the redhead with the cat from Nietzsche Joe. Hell yeah. I think overall, I think overall the quality of the Nendoroid Poptown Funk is would be like more I think overall that would be a more pleasant Holy shit, Nendoroid 1000 is Hatsune Miku. Damn right it is. <laughs> Miku madness. Miku mania. <laughs> what do you think uh, Nendoroid 666 is? Uh, I don't know. Kirito from Sword Art Online. No, it's the Ancient Mage's Bride. You know what? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not off theme. No. Alright, we gotta end this. 7-Eleven. You can follow me on Twitter at Great Grebe, which is a type of bird. And you can follow the podcast Twitter, which is where we post all the podcasts. And also anytime there's a gay joke on Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, at Attack Position on Twitter. You can send us emails. Also, we are the email at gmail.com. We don't get many emails, but if you send us one, we'll read it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's the podcast. That's the podcast. Until next time, get off our decks. Yu-Gi-Oh! Disappeared out of here. It was time to pay my dues. Never guessed. 
Thought you were so dumb 